1: From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Thanks Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening,
2: everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. We have a historic day because the President of the United States has tested positive with the coronavirus, uh, along with the First Lady. Good news is the Second Lady and the Vice President have not. They tested negative, as did the Secretary of the Treasury. It probably began uh, with H- Hope Hicks. Uh, His key aide maybe one of the most valuable advisors, uh, personally, professionally, in messaging. He really depends on her. She tested positive, felt kind of bad on Wednesday, flew over an Air Force One, kept to herself, and then uh, tested positive Thursday morning. Uh, John Roberts is reporting that uh, Hope tested positive Thursday morning. Uh, mean she was uh, known before that the president before the president's trip to Bedminster yesterday afternoon, despite being close to her Wednesday and previous days. But the president gets tested every day, tested negative, and seemed to have tested positive because last night with Sean Hannity. Uh, last night with Sean Hannity, uh, he sounded great, and he's talked about hope, and we'll play some of that. But what I'd like to do now is bring in Carl Rove. Carl uh, Rove uh, is former Deputy Chief of Staff, Senior Advisor President George W. Bush, uh, and he joins us. Carl, can you put in perspective what changes now?
3: Well, just when we thought it couldn't get weirder, it got weirder, didn't it? I mean, uh, the president's not going to be on the campaign trail for the next 14 days. Uh, 14 days from, from yesterday is the next uh, debate. Uh, so that that that's up in the air maybe it maybe it gets delayed a day or two uh, maybe it doesn't we don't know obviously a lot of this depends upon whether the president is asymptomatic or has a mild case because if it's asymptomatic or mild look we know we know from experience it does not necessarily damage your campaign if you're off the campaign trail witness joe biden for for a number of months so we are in the last 32 days of the campaign, but the, the the campaign and the president need to find a way to continue to to message while he's contained within um, the White House and uh, not even able to go over to the West Wing. And there are ways to do this. The president can call into programs. The president can have town hall meetings. The president can have a, a, a conversation with people who are, you know, a virtual conversation where they're distant and Um, If he can tweet, there are lots of things the president could do. What they've got to be focused on, in my opinion, is how do they take advantage of, of each and every one of the next 14 days to have a systematic message of contrast with Joe Biden? Here's what the president wants to do. Here's what the president has done. And here's how that contrasts with what Joe Biden wants to do. And the president can continue to do that, albeit in a constrained fashion. But we've learned from Joe Biden it's possible to do that. The president
2: can do it as well. Just uh, some economic news. We added 660,000 jobs. While it sounds like a lot, they wanted 800,000. The unemployment rate did drop to 7.9. And so far, the market has dropped, and futures have dropped just under 500 points, of course, because of the president's condition. Uh, But so far, the president, evidently, there are reports that the president might come out and speak today. I want you to hear what this Matt Bradley said of NBC. He talked about the Brazilian leader that got it and it was on the shelf for two weeks, as well as Boris Johnson. Uh, who uh, was in real serious condition early on, cut 18.
4: And those two world leaders that you mentioned, uh, Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil and Boris Johnson, the prime minister of the United Kingdom, both of them tested positive for COVID. And they both had very different experiences and uh, were able to sort of channel them in very different ways. But in both cases, I have to tell you, the end result was that they were, it actually improved their popularity.
2: It's hard to tell with, you know, under 30 days left. And by the time he gets back, there'll be 15 days left and and two more debates to go, theoretically. But is that a possibility?
3: Well, it is, because he's absolutely right, both uh, in Brazil, where the the president, Bolsonaro had a relatively mild case of it, and in the United Kingdom, where Johnson was very seriously ill. In fact, afterwards, he, he acknowledged that he thought he was going to die. It was so serious. But in each case, uh, people, uh, you know, the sympathy of their of the country's people gave them a little boost in the polls. We don't know what's going to happen here in the United States because neither one of those took place in the midst of a highly contentious and deeply polarized campaign. But on the other hand, it, it, what's going to be is going to be. And, and what when it comes to that question of the polls naturally changing? What you've got to do when faced with adversity in a, in a presidential campaign is figure out what you're going to do and how you can do to take steps that will give you the best chance of, of bending the arc of the campaign in the direction that you want to bend it, which is why I hope the president's people are thinking about it. Maybe they are. If the president's going to come out today and speak, maybe we're going to be able to see him. And maybe that's an indication that it's a mild or asymptomatic case right. and that he's going to be out there looking strong. And I'm taking care of, you know, we're, Melania and I are, are, are up in our, uh, I guess I could not use a Texas hunting phrase. We're, we're quarantined in our, in our, uh, in, the, in our quarters, but I'm continuing to work in the business of America. And my message for today is X. So yeah. Maggie,
2: and, ha- Maggie Haberman in the New York times has put this out 32 minutes ago. Uh, President Trump is is said to have minor symptoms. He was lethargic at the Bedminster fundraiser per his per an, per an attendee. As of last night, officials were discussing treatment options as well as options to addressing the nation. Now, uh, Dr. Conta uh, uh, Ahmed, who is at NYU Langone and, and has been treating all these coronavirus patients, know what she said. And I don't expect you to speculate on this, but I just want to talk about it for our audience. Uh, she said, "I would hit him with plasma, and I would hit him with remdesivir because he's so valuable. There's no doubt about it. He's not just anybody, and that'll be the best way to get him back as quick as possible at his age and his condition."
3: So, well, I'm not a doctor, but but having read uh, about the treatments and the therapeutics, those are two of the most common strong steps that are taken, and I think the advice is right when you're. When you've got somebody as important as the president, don't, don't just sort of wait and see. Take what, what is what we've learned from seven months of experience is is, uh, is is strong. And you know it's amazing to me. Think about this: our case levels are higher than they were in uh, in March, and yet our our deaths are a fraction of what they were in March compared to that. And why? Because over the course of the last seven months, eight months. Our doctors, our healthcare professionals, our hospitals, our research institutions, yeah. our you know CDC, NIH, all of these have figured out how to deal with co- coronavirus better and have applied therapeutics and treatments that have saved lives and brought about more rapid recoveries.
2: Uh, the, the Joe Biden has uh, put out a statement, and it was 28 minutes ago. Joe and I send our thoughts to President Trump and First Lady Melania. Uh, for a swift recovery We'll continue to pray for the health and safety Of the President and the First Lady On um, And that's classy And and yeah. I'm glad to hear that and you, Because the last yeah. thing we need is a snarky response But exactly, Carl Just to add to this In terms of the numbers of the 14 day average Deaths are down 16% just in the last 14 days While cases are up 8% We're finding it, it's impossible To stop this We watched total lockdowns in Israel It came back We had lockdowns here, it came back. Sweden didn't lock down at all, it still comes back. Spain locked down, Italy locked down, it's coming back. So I am a layman, I'm the utter definition of a non-scientist, but this is the best we can do until they give us a therapeutic or a vaccine, because the alternative of not doing anything will not work. How do I put that in political terms?
3: Well, I think you put your finger on it, absolutely. We, these pandemics, nobody knows in advance how severe they're going to be or how not severe they're going to be. They never know what direction they're going to take. We do not know precisely what kind of therapeutics and treatments are best at each one of these because each of these viruses is unique, SARS and MERS, you know, uh, the, the uh, transmissibility of them and how to treat them entirely different than what, what we're dealing with here. Think about this. You, you had a lot of good examples. Let me give you one more. New Zealand, they shut down the borders. It's an island. They didn't let anybody in. They didn't let anybody out. And they went months and months and months and months without a case after they broke it. And then what happened? A case blossomed. It, it, it was in one family, and, and, it, and it reappeared. And you know how they think it reappeared? The best guess, they don't know, but the best guess is the family had taken some, uh, some seafood that was frozen that came from Brazil. Oh my goodness. And it's you know, commercially you know processed and somehow or another, you know, there's a great book out by a friend of mine, Larry Wright, called The End of October about a pandemic. It ironically enough came out in March. And I don't want a spoiler alert right now. But the, the, the the virus emerges by birds eating carcasses of mastodons that emerge from the ice sheets in the Arctic because of global warming. And that's where the virus reappears after being gone for thousands of years. That's how this particular virus reappears and causes a worldwide pandemic. So you know, it, it can survive, and it's, these viruses can survive in the strangest of places and for the longest of times. And, and, uh, and, and, and we, that's the best guess for New Zealand, is that the frozen seafood came in, somebody opened up the, pot, the package, plopped it in the pot for dinner, and everybody got sick.
2: Uh, So I want you to hear what other channels are saying and other people are saying about the president's condition, testing positive for the coronavirus. According to Maggie Haberman, mild symptoms, cut seven.
0: He is not able to fully perform his his duties as commander in chief. The president of the United States may be super spreader number one at this juncture.
5: This president, who has been outwardly and publicly from the start, can fairly be called a COVID-19 denier. Uh, did his best publicly to diminish the threat, Carl. In large part, uh, it's his own dere- dereliction is um, partly to blame for this.
2: Carl Rove.
3: Well, first of all, tell me who the first one was. I didn't recognize the voice, but uh, uh...
2: it was uh, National Security Advisor uh, Jason Jacob.
3: Yeah. Well. I don't, I don't know who's, who that – I thought it was a woman. But anyway, they, these were irresponsible. Well, I noticed I, – I recognize particularly the second one. I love being lectured by him on uh, telling the truth. Brian uh, Williams. Look, over the top. Yeah, Brian Williams, over the top. And, and I like the, I like the last one. Is that guy going to go around and tell anybody who has come down with this disease that you have engaged, that you're derelict? <laughs> and that it's your responsibility that you got sick. The rock. God dang it. Have we gotten to such a point in our in our political life that, that, that members of the media, the, the impartial judges who are supposed to give us facts, not opinion. You and our opinion, guys, they're supposed to give us facts. We've gotten to the point where they just routinely engage in rhetorical drive-by shootings of the president of the United States because he's fallen ill. I mean, I, I want those people to go out there and say that to every other person who's become sick and see what uh, and, and see what uh, kind of response they get. They, they have no compassion, no humility, and, and apparently no restraint on their uh, on their ideological and personal political instincts. It's just ridiculous. I mean, shame on them.
2: Well, Carl, I will tell you this. You were on the air, so you wouldn't know this. But I, I watched to see what other channels thought of the debate, obviously. And Anderson Cooper playing the role of Brett Baer— was ripping the president from limb to limb to the point when Rick Santorum went to talk from his perspective, he basically was told to shut up. Uh, so there, any so-called news person, the Wolf Blitzers of the world, the Anderson Coopers of the world, who are supposed to be journalists, have totally lost their minds really over the last three and a half years. They weren't doing that with, with your former boss, President Bush. They were saying subtly this, that. And you go, hey, what does he mean by that? Now it's in the copy.
3: Yeah. Well, look, uh, a lot of institutions of our society are in in need of repair. And some of them are, you know, some of them are there are political uh, processes, which, you know, tend to get whacked and get out of joint and tend to break down and then get renewed and refurbished uh, by the actions of publicly elected officials and by the people themselves. But I am worried deeply about the institution of our media. Because at the heart of it is is, is is are the journalistic standards such that they are committed to the impartial investigation of of the situations we find ourselves in and presenting facts and reality. And instead, what we've got too many, too often in too many places uh, is it, look. There's always a role for opinion. That's why we have an opinion page in the newspaper. That's why we had commentary on radio. That's why we have cable TV with opinion programming. But the great American institutions of network TV and great newspapers and our great magazines and our great websites, you know, there ought to be a place for the impartial review of what, of, the, of the events of the world. And a lot of – I was taken aback when things like, you know, the letter from the, uh, the demands, if you will, from the 24-year-old digital assistants at the New York Times that, that they edited – that the newspaper had made a gross error in writing a neutral headline about Donald Trump the demands of, of some of the of, of the younger staff of the Wall Street Journal that they wanted to you know wanted to in essence you know uh, create a revolution and expunge the opinion pages of the Wall Street Journal because they were too pro pro business and too pro capitalism I mean these things are dangerous because if you allow the inmates to try and run the asylum you know it's not exactly a good analogy, but if you if you let the if you let the, yep. the ideological wings try and take over these great institutions that are supposed to provide impartial coverage of the news or to take express opinions that they may find distasteful within their opinion pages or editorial sections, this is a real problem for our society and our country.
6: Carl Rove uh,
2: couldn't figure it. can't find a better person to put it all in perspective. The best we can non medical professionals that is. Thanks so much, Carl. Appreciate it. You bet. You got it. Uh, we come back. Your turn. A lot to go over. one 408 7669 Then we bring in uh, from the business channel,
0: Dagan McDowell, uh, Fox Business Network. Don't move.
1: It's Brian Kilmeade.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory— Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
2: As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called blue-collar work is something to be proud of.
1: Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show.
7: There were a small group of people who knew on Wednesday night that she was sick. She started getting sentenced while she was at the rally, according to our sources. She was quarantined on Air Force One on the way back, exited off the back of the plane, um, and
0: then was tested on Thursday morning. So just to be clear, Thursday morning is before the president goes to for a campaign a related fundraiser. It is before, I think, Kaylee McEnany holds a briefing uh, with reporters where she was not wearing a mask. So they were well aware of what was going on. And a number of them had been hoping that they were going to be able to keep the information from getting out.
2: Uh, that's Maggie Haberman. Bad connection, but important. That's what they think. Of course, they'll find controversy in everything. It is amazing. Liz is in Manhattan. Hey, Liz.
8: Hi, Brian. Can you hear me? Yes,
2: go ahead. What's on your mind? Okay.
8: Schumer and Nancy Pelosi put out a statement that uh, regarding Trump and uh, Melania. Have they put out a statement?
2: Uh, she is now on MSNBC. But I, it was a classy comment from the Bidens, I'll tell you that.
8: Yeah, but this, where's their empathy? I'm sick of these Democrats. This is going to hurt the Democrats, let me tell you, because the snarkiness... Uh, this is going to hurt them. And, you know, why didn't Chris Wallace ask Joe Biden to denounce Antifa? Chris Wallace is...
9: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. a
8: horrible human being.
2: No, he isn't. Uh, listen, uh, Liz, I understand your passion, but he's not a horrible human being. Uh, real quick, I, it looks like Nancy Pelosi speaking now. We're pulling some of the cuts, but she's expressing empathy for the most part. And I, I think they know. I mean, if you come out, if Nancy Pelosi... As bad as things are between the president and the speaker, if Nancy Pelosi got it, the president would never in a million years say uh, anything negative. And Joe Biden said it was very classy. And I hope that Nancy Pelosi is, too. But that's what Eric just said. That's uh, what she's doing now. But the interview's happening as we speak. Keep in mind, she's third in line. Since the president and vice president speak every day multiple times when they're in the same city, uh, there's an excellent chance if one guy has it, the other guy has it. And right now, the second lady— and the vice president have tested negative, she's third in line. So could the president not go if he gets as sick as Boris Johnson and it doesn't look like he is, just mild symptoms? And if something happened with the vice president, Nancy Pelosi gets the ball. As scary as that would be, but that's the way we worked it out. We come back, the job numbers are out. We had 660,000 jobs. We dropped below 8% unemployment, yet the job numbers are below what we expect. More on the market with Dagan McDowell
10: it's the hammer time podcast fox news channels bill hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day find hammer time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com america's listening to fox news the fastest three hours in radio
1: you're with
11: brian kilmeade we all receive that news with great sadness. I always pray for the president's family that they're safe, uh, I continue to do so more intensified. And I know that he'll have the best of care. And that's what we want for everyone in our country.
2: Uh, that is a little from the speaker who also went on to say uh, to Stephanie Rule on MSNBC. She has tested this morning and talking to the White House uh, because she was with uh, Secretary Mnuchin, who's with the president. They are trying to negotiate some type of rescue package. She also says she has questions about the accuracy of the tests the White House has been using. They say roughly these rapid tests, these Abbott tests, are about 80 percent correct. Well, that's what you have, 15 minutes to get in, 15 minutes to get out. You get 15 minutes, you get tested, you go forward, you don't, you get out. And then if you fail it, you go get another. And that may be why the president last night with Sean Hannity said, yeah, Hope Hicks tested positive, got it. And uh, I'm being tested again, and we're well, waiting. And I'm thinking to myself, test it again. Uh, Avid test. You don't have to wait for anything. You, you, you get in 15 minutes. Uh, with me right now is Dave McDowell, just fresh off Mornings with Maria, the Fox Business Network. We have a lot to go over. First on Nancy Pelosi, third in line to take over the country.
7: Indeed, and she has a lot more power right now given we we can talk more about the jobs report, 661,000 jobs added last month, unemployment rate falling to 7.9%. Nonetheless, this is a slowdown in the recovery. In the jobs recovery, there are other indications that she has – a great deal of power right now because this nation does need more stimulus and more rescue money. So she and Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, are trying to cobble together something maybe a little lower than that $2.2 trillion package passed by the Democrats in the House this week. $2 trillion maybe. This also lights a fire under the feet and the backsides of Republicans in the Senate to pass something.
2: And what we- about the jobless claims, $830,000 yesterday?
7: Yes, it was... It, I look at the continuing claims, which are the total number of people collecting state unemployment benefits. It's got a two-week lag. That was 11.8 million people are still on unemployment benefits. So the jobless claims are still below 1 million. But you gotta put it in perspective. that's twelve almost twelve million people are collecting unemployment benefits and if we have recovered, I did the math from the job losses twenty two point two million jobs lost in March and April because of the shutdowns, we have recovered nearly fifty two percent of those jobs so this, this is an incredible bounce back, an incredible recovery, but we still have, we're only halfway there. Right. And there's some other signs, uh, troubling signs in terms of um, incomes pulling back. Hospitality
2: we, is not taught, you know, we're still, we can't have any conventions, can't have any weddings. Uh, You can we have a lot of divorces, sadly, because of the pandemic, but you can't have fill up hotels. You can't have any tourists. Countries are banning other countries for good reason. Not out of spite, all because of the virus. So you have airlines. We're paying airlines and they're not flying. I get it, though. But they're still laying off tens of thousands of people.
7: So United, this is one of the other reasons that. The Democrats and the Republicans have got to come together with some sort of stimulus. The sticking point clearly is the nearly half a trillion dollars that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats want to hand out to the states, namely the blue states that have been financially mismanaged for so many years. But United and American combined are saying, if we don't get some sort of relief from Congress, we're going to lay off 32,000 people. And the numbers have been piling up this week. Disney, 28,000 people laid off. Shell, 9,000. Allstate, 3,800. And so you've already had a slowing in the job comeback. We've gone from point seven million jobs that were added in may and now we're below we're below a million no
2: here in new york all the restaurants have been closed since march Mm -hmm. and now they're allowed to open up 25 percent or you can sit there and eat on the sidewalk with the homeless they say up to half the bars and the restaurants in the city may be forced to close permanently within six months they say that 85 percent have not paid their rent Now, let alone the comedy clubs, the music clubs, they are not allowed to open. And the governor told them, you're not even on the horizon because you're not necessary.
7: The way that it's been managed in Word and Indeed in New York is just horrific, starting with the deaths in the nursing homes. But this is – all retailers, all restaurants and bars across the country are really in a pinch because even even states that are more open than New York, you can't have – full capacity bar, as you pointed out. So even if they are open, they're still not making nearly as much money as they were a year ago. And so they need a break on their rent. In order for that part of our economy to just not be decimated and destroyed forever, you are going to have to have a broad rent repricing. Or say you have a revenue sharing agreement with your landlord, that whatever I bring in, you get a certain percentage every month of of my Except
2: unless income. that bank is pressuring their landlord to come up with their payment and they're saying, excuse me how's the bank getting fixed okay you can't evict Correct. everything so it's a ripple effect let's just we could put the whole country on pause so about that rescue package Mitch McConnell was on last night and said this about the difference between what the house just passed and what the Senate wants cut twenty five
9: Well, what I put on the uh, Senate floor uh, three weeks ago was about a half a trillion dollars narrowly targeted at exactly what the economy needs at this point. What the speaker did, even after coming down a full trillion dollars, is throw everything you can imagine into the package, including tax cuts for rich people in California and New York and free health care for illegal immigrants. That sort of thing is not appropriate.
2: So they're still going back and forth. Maybe some leverage goes to Nancy Pelosi, who said this, cut 26.
11: We had a bigger bill, 3.4. The other side said, well, we're not going there. So we came down a trillion dollars. No, not yet. We came down another $200 billion. So this is a really important And So one bill is not as good as another. Uh, why not take something? Instead of nothing, why should that be the standard for America's children? She
2: always says this children thing. I mean, what are you talking about? And well, pray this- for everybody is also uh, a load.
7: If the if the Democrats in the Senate gave a flying damn about the kids and small business owners and the unemployed, they wouldn't have stopped debate on that Mitch McConnell bill because that the one that was in the Senate was half a trillion dollars. It addressed all those needs. Right. It ad- addressed paycheck protection. It addressed un- a slightly higher unemployment benefits, and it addressed the uh, the aid to the schools. So let's just not do that, Nancy Pelosi. I will add that the sticking point for many people is the six hundred dollars extra per week that the that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats want to bring back in terms of unemployment benefits. That by every calculation was simply too high. That you had, and this is a recent updated number from the University of Chicago, there were more than uh, three quarters, or seventy-six percent of people who were collecting unemployment benefits with that added at six hundred dollars per week, were making more on unemployment than they were in their jobs, right. and that does hurt the recovery. So it needs to be lower. It could be four. I think it's four hundred fifty dollars per week extra that was in the bipartisan. Yeah, compromise. but it's supplemental
2: along with unemployment. Yes, yeah, correct. so. Uh, that's my problem is that you want to have a big heart for everyone, but I also have a big heart for managers who can't get people back to work because they like their former employees and they know they're getting more not to work unless they just want to screw with them and report them. That doesn't happen, especially when so many people are flat on their back through something not that's not even remotely their fault. It's not like they even chose to put their money with the Bernie Madoff. They just woke up in the morning and found out about – of this virus, like we all did. So the question is, the biggest story is the President of the United States Mm -hmm. testing positive. Melania testing positive. Hope Hicks testing positive. And right now, they're moving to test everybody in the West Wing, everyone who's been contact traced from Air Force One on Wednesday. Uh, Even Chris Wallace says he's going to get tested. He was close to the President of the United States. Joe Biden, I imagine, is going to get tested today. Everyone in the Biden camp will be tested. Chris Christie has been working with the President. He says without a mask and got tested. Here's what he said on ABC today. Cut three.
12: I was uh, at the White House um, from Saturday afternoon through uh, lunchtime on Tuesday uh, on and off during those days. I was tested every day. Then I went to the White House. Um, The last test I took was on Tuesday morning and I was negative. Uh, And we, um, uh, you know, are now going to I'm going to go and get a test uh, this morning um, to see if that status has changed. I feel fine. I don't feel any symptoms um, at this time, um, and uh, I obviously, you know, I hope it remains that way.
2: Well, obviously, and obviously, you look at uh, anybody who's overweight; they're susceptible. Chris Christie, uh, overweight, susceptible, but he also has the the strength and stamina of twenty five people. We do have some news: Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner tested negative as so far. They say it takes about three days. Barron Trump, fourteen, but already six five. He looks like an adult. He is fourteen years old. He tested negative. And according to Maggie Haberman, now confirmed, Ronna McDaniel, the RNC chairwoman, tested positive for the coronavirus on Wednesday. So that's big news. So she tests positive. That's somebody else on the shelf. The president tests positive. He's on the shelf. Then you have the the first lady. She hasn't doing a lot of campaigning but plays a valuable role. She's on the shelf. The good news is we don't know anything about Melania's symptoms, but we do know the president, uh, according to Maggie Haberman, which it's amazing to me the with the crap she writes about the president, she still has sources at the White House. Um, she says that he has mild symptoms and no no idea, no one's written anything about Melania, who's four, in her 40s, uh, I believe.
7: For the bigger picture, it's going to maybe push a lot of people who are reticent to wear masks, to wear masks, to keep their distance from people, to avoid large gatherings, to avoid these super spreader events, as they're called. However... It does will raise questions in many people's minds because there is not there. There's not a lot of clarity on incubation periods. How long like how long is the incubation I don't period? Think there's an
2: exact but I'm always I, I'm, I'm pretty consistent with hearing three days.
7: I think right. that we need to have a this is something that the White House can do a clear message on right. getting out Actually, incubation periods, how it's spread, what you need to avoid this. This can be a, a positive moment for the president and the White House and even the campaign, if they use this to their advantage, which the president has never turned away from the spotlight. And I wouldn't expect him to do it right. in this instance.
2: And final thought just about the economy, Dagan. Uh, right now, even though the number's huge, it was below expectations. And even though we added $660,000, uh, 660000 uh, we do go below 8% for the first time really since March.
7: And a comparison would be, so this is September before President Trump's, um, the, the election coming up, the unemployment rate at 7.9%. In September of 2012, when Barack Obama was running for reelection, the unemployment rate was at 7.8%. So it's high. But mm-hmm. it's not unthinkable that a uh, right. president gets reelected with this economic environment. He needs to be um, – President Trump needs to do a better job. He some, kind of missed an opportunity in the debate the other night about messaging, here's what I did for the American economy before the coronavirus shut down in terms of shrinking the wealth gap and the income inequality gap between the rich and working Americans. How did he do it? And is he going to continue to do it because his, the complete opposite of what joe biden has proposed
2: dagan mcdowell thanks so much we'll watch you on mornings with maria and all around the channel and of course uh on the five because you're on there uh, an awful lot as well as on T- outnumbered today. today you're on the five yeah great uh so there's a lot going on man yeah. uh, we'll hopefully hear by the president f- from the president before the five uh this is the brian kilmeach show on a historic day the president and first lady test positive but the good news is they are okay according to the white house doctor this is the brian kilmeach show don't move with your calls next
1: you're with Brian Kilmeade from the Fox News Podcasts Network
10: download and listen to the one with Craig Gutfeld the co-host of the five like you've never heard him before you know him you love him you want to be like him subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com Live from
1: the Fox News Radio the talk show that's getting you talking, from you're your with Ed Brian Kilmeade. Kilmeade. It's America's receptive voice. Brian Kilmeade
11: can be separated from her
1: ability to make objective, fair decisions
11: with her lifetime player.
2: I could, I could barely even hear that, Eric. What was that? That was uh, Maisie Hirono from Hawaii. And What was her point?
13: Yeah. All right. She she was uh, she was admitting what her actual views are about Amy Coney Barrett.
2: And basically, she says what's relevant is what the real issues are, whether her closely held beliefs can be separated from her ability to make objective, fair decisions with lifetime appointment, uh, which Tom Cotton called her out on almost immediately. And that. Yeah. Amy Coney Barrett tested negative because obviously with the president. Uh, Barron tested negative, which is really good news. But testing positive is Ronna McDaniel, the RNC chair. So for the Democrats, you got to express sympathy, sympathy. But you have the two architects of, of the, on the Republican side, the president, who's a great strategist, and uh, Ronna McDaniel is doing a great job. Uh, they are both testing positive. So that at the very least, they are not going to be around people, which really hurts their cause. Uh, Elizabeth, listen on WIBX in Utica, New York. Elizabeth.
14: Hi,
15: Brian. Yes, I do listen to you every day. I think you're uh, great. Um, Thank you. I kind of have the same, this is devastating what happened, and um, really I feel is a turning point in the results of the election. Um, But I did have the same feeling of the caller from before uh, regarding uh, Chris Wallace. I was a little upset about um, him bringing up the white supremacy uh, issue because as Rush. Uh, put up on his radio talk show. Chris uh, mentioned that in 2016. Why did he have to do that again?
2: I don't come up with all the questions, but there's two things happening. There was uh, hundreds of days of civil unrest. And then there was, with the cops told to stand down in Portland and Seattle and in uh, Minneapolis, other people, just stands to reason, Kenosha are going to say, listen, I'm going to protect my business or I'm going to go help out that city. Which you saw uh, the 17 year old come in with his with his legally a, uh, acquired gun and do, and he can find himself in prison uh, and being accused of a, of a murder. Is if you don't let law enforcement do their thing, other elements are going to take things into their own hands, and that's what's happening. Is it an issue with some of these groups coming in? Yeah, but is it a major issue? But Elizabeth, you can't pretend that, like the president. All he had to do was say, of course I condemn white supremacist groups. And he kind of said it. Joe Lieberman, Joe uh, Biden chimes in and the whole thing goes off the rails. But he could have easily walked that back and handled it. But I think that in the next debate, which is more important, is the president going to be healthy enough within the next two weeks uh, to get back out there? And should he? And are they going to try to change the rules and the president just say it's not worth it? I would like to see him do it. You can use this time. I know people that have had it and been sequestered. You can use this time to strategize what your last 15 days will be like, and what your next debate's going to be like. If your symptoms aren't bad, you could do so much with Zoom these days and do so much in tele- with uh, uh, telecommuting and the telemedicine. There's so much that he could do and get done. The only thing he can't do is what he does best, and that is inform a crowd, attract a crowd, have a rally, have it covered, and expedite that around the country. Grand Rapids, Michigan, where we find Joe. Hey, Joe.
15: Good morning, Brian. Thank you for having me on the show. No problem. I first want to say, first and foremost, my daily prayers for the president, family, and administration are longer and stronger today, and they will continue. But what I wanted to mention, I think, is the theme of this morning's calls, is the the debate. Um, I had real high hopes for the Chris Wallace moderator. And I was sorely disappointed. My, my hopes were shattered that it would actually be fair and balanced because I, I put a lot of faith that Chris Wallace would bring that to the table. Yeah. When you talk about, you know, slanted and being biased, I mean, anybody in the world could see how biased he was
6: for... Joe, yeah, I
2: don't necessarily think he was biased. He, he, the whole thing just went off the rails. They were both interrupting like crazy
10: new from the fox news podcasts network
7: my name is kennedy and welcome to my podcast which will i humbly say single-handedly save the world you're welcome
10: it's kennedy saves the world subscribe
1: and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com from the fox news radio studios in new york city giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach it's brian kilmeade
2: Hi, everybody heard around the world coming to you from New York City. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. A lot to discuss today. we got the stunning news. The president of the United States testing positive uh, for the COVID-19 virus, as is the First Lady. The good news is Barron, OK. And we also know testing positive Rhonda McDaniel, uh, who runs the RNC. So uh, the two main cogs in the Republican machine are on the shelf. It doesn't mean they're down and out. It means they have to quarantine uh, in the short term when there's only 30 days left. That could be long-term. Meanwhile, uh, we have other news. Steve Mnuchin tested negative. We know that. And good news is the second lady and the vice president also tested negative. So did the, the secretary of Homeland Security. So he is uh, okay and in the clear. So a lot of people are testing negative. Nancy Pelosi has come out. Uh, Joe Biden has issued a statement of support, hoping everybody gets better. So there's a lot of class classiness and a lot of classlessness uh, along the way. Because the president's got some enemies and people do not know where to draw the line. Uh, let me bring in Geraldo Rivera at the bottom of the hour. Adam Kinzinger. Geraldo, your reaction to the news?
16: I was stunned by it, Brian. Uh, deeply disturbed, uh, worried. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of uh, banished everything else, all the other uh, things happening in the world, to a, 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 you know, a subordinate position. It's all about the president and first lady, his health. Uh, you know, he has uh, these uh, some of these these. Uh, conditions uh, obesity and and age that uh, uh, that you've got to pay attention to they they, they make a a, a danger uh, a, a disproportional danger that the first lady is not enduring I, I I just think that we all have to pay attention now if we if we didn't uh, you know dread and uh, you know uh, worry about this awful plague this uh, this killer virus before it's uh, been brought front and center to everybody Brian. Uh, uh, every American, every person, uh, every thoughtful person around the world, we've got to now pull for the president and the first family. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad that Barron's okay, uh, but uh, and the vice president and uh, and Karen are okay. Uh, so, uh, the, you know, w- the, America will be fine. Uh, the campaign is going to be is already tumultuously disrupted. Uh, Hope Hicks, uh, her illness is uh, can't be understated. She's the most highly high functioning person in that building aside from the president. Uh, you know, and I, I'm 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 worried. I'm I'm anxious, and I I uh, I know he's getting the and will get the best possible medical care. But this is big news, Brian.
2: Yeah, and the president was going to have big rallies this weekend. Here's what uh, Scott Atlas said, who is one of the key members of the president's coronavirus task force. Quote, it's no surprise that people get the infection, even with precautions. I anticipate a complete and full and rapid recovery back to normal after his necessary confinement period. I anticipate he'll be back on the road in full swing. Atlas uh, went on to say he is a very, very healthy guy. And the overwhelming majority of people, even at his age, do fine with this. He's very healthy. So I anticipate the same for him. And he also went on to say this is a widespread, highly contagious infection. This is going to be very much and this is going to be very mild or asymptomatic for the overwhelming majority of people, especially if you're a healthy person. And if you can do your best at the usual mitigation, hand washing, social distancing and masks.
16: So, all good. All good. But uh, remember, there are 207,000 over 207,000 dead Americans right now. We've got to stop. Uh, pussyfooting around here. I, I appreciate Dr. Atlas's optimism, and I want us all to be upbeat. But this, uh, this, this is real. This is for real. He's got an infection that killed a lot of people. Uh, you know, there's 7 million other Americans that have this, uh, this infection. If we didn't focus on COVID-19 as the issue of the campaign, it certainly will focus our attention on it now. I don't think anything else uh, uh, matters, It's all about, uh, you know, vaccine and treatments and, uh, uh, you know, his speedy recovery is something we're all pulling for. Uh, you know, uh, there will be Democratic operatives. I have no doubt just reminded me of Rona McDaniel, the terrific RNC chief and her uh, her positive uh, test. Uh, but there are there are there are scummy uh, opponents of the president who will uh, use this uh, infection uh, in a very scornful and comical, uh, you know, tragic comic way. They'll make fun of him. And yeah, you
2: want to hear some of that? Uh, yeah. Here's here's a few. Cut seven.
0: He is not able to fully perform his, his duties as commander-in-chief. The president of the United States may be super spreader number one at this juncture.
5: This president, who has been outwardly and publicly from the start, can fairly be called a COVID-19 denier, uh, did his best publicly to diminish the threat. Carl, in large part, uh, it's his own dere- dereliction is um, partly to blame for this.
2: So, a lot of empathy.
5: Well, they they
16: they're jerks and I hope that the uh, their jerkness is uh, is you know obvious to the American people watching it. Uh right now, if you're not on the team pulling for his quick recovery, uh then you're you're a nobody and you should be uh, you should be shunned. Uh you know, I have no doubt though that the Twitter sphere will uh uh, will will mock him and and revel uh, in uh, in his uh, in his yeah. in his pain. I have no doubt.
2: So I want you to hear what Nia Malika Henderson said on CNN. Cut 15.
7: This. Is shocking the recklessness, uh, with this president, uh, handling this virus essentially. Uh, I mean, not, not exactly ordering people in his orbit not to wear a mask, but making it seem like not wearing a mask was a way to show loyalty to this president. It is stunning. Uh, it is reckless. It is indicative of the way he has handled this, uh, beginning back in March when the pandemic Uh, was something that became known to the general public. Uh, The fact that Hope Hicks was not wearing a mask, this was to show loyalty uh, to the president. What's he
2: talking about? Hope Hicks wears a mask all the time.
16: Even in the plane, she's wearing a mask. But, uh, you know, I think that that is the kind of commentary and criticism that is totally appropriate a week from now. Uh, you know, for now, to to do this when he's down, I think that there's going to be a sympathy factor. Ironically, the president, uh, who uh, came off as a, the bully Godzilla in the in the debate, will now be, I think, uh, uh, you know, will, will attract uh, m- much more affection uh, and sympathy. Uh, you know, and I, I think that as long as he and the first lady. Uh, stick together like glue and get through this thing together and then emerge. Uh, here they are, the American First Family again, and the sun shines and the music plays. And he goes on, uh, you know, without the onus of, uh, uh, you know, that the, the bullying debate performance. I, I think that uh, you know, God willing, mm-hmm. uh, this could turn out okay for him. I just, uh, you know, everything depends on the speedy recovery, Brian.
2: Absolutely. And and to play to that part, that was speculated by Matt Bradley. He, he noted that Boris Johnson, as well as the president of Brazil and some other world leaders have gotten this virus. And li- when they recovered, the ramifications were actually better for their political fortunes, cut 18.
4: And those two world leaders that you mentioned, uh, Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil and Boris Johnson, the prime minister of the United Kingdom, both of them tested positive for COVID. And they both had very different experiences and uh, were able to sort of channel them in very different ways. But in both cases, I have to tell you, the end result was that they were it actually improved their popularity.
16: I think that's entirely entirely possible. But remember, in both those cases, those guys got sick. I mean, they uh, Boris Johnson was beat up. He was. So was Bolisaro. They were. They were. You know, uh, they were mugged by this thing. I mean, uh, they were never in a situation where their life was threatened, and they had the best possible medical care. But they got. Uh, they got a good mugging from this uh, this wicked virus, Brian.
2: So, quick thing before I let you go. I want you, I think people should understand the stakes. And this might be good. I mean, you, you mentioned uh, your wife is not in the Trump camp, can't wait for Biden to win, can't wait for Election Day. But I think what has not been brought out to the front that I think we're going to be debating in the next week as the president recovers is what's at stake in this election. Not Democrat or Republican in power, but what's going to happen. if the Demo- If Joe Biden wins, the Senate will come with him. Um, If history is our guide and there goes the filibuster, there goes the packing of court. There goes two more States, Puerto Rico and Washington DC, maybe American Samoa and beyond. There goes the fattening possibly of the house, adding more uh, blue districts. And you might have a permanent majority, a change in our justice system, uh, let alone what's going to happen to our defense. But these are structural things that are going to change about America. I don't think people understand that that's what awaits them. And Joe Biden, uh, I think, diabolically, if I could use your term, just keeps his mouth shut about it because he plans on doing it.
16: Well, you, you, I think, very eloquently spell out the doomsday. Uh, you know, I, I exaggerate, but uh, the uh the utter profound body blows we will we will take in a Democratic administration. I think that uh, you know all of the uh, all of the wacko ideas they have. I think that there's going to be a, such a chip on their shoulder to get back at the Republicans, particularly in the United States Senate, if it does swing uh, the Democrat to Chuck Schumer's way. Can you imagine Chuck Schumer in charge of the Senate? Uh, you know Nancy Pelosi in in the House, uh, Joe Biden in the in the president's uh, seat. You know uh, the one thing I think Republicans have to keep their focus on right now as they pray for the president is Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, the president has nominated a brilliant uh, person to the high court. If the Senate Judiciary Committee can keep. Discipline and focus, and get her nomination through, uh, even if there's zero Democratic votes. Uh, if the, the Mitch McConnell has the uh, the, the the cojones to, to to shepherd this through, get this to the Senate floor for a vote, get her in the high court. Uh, you know, now the uh, the conservatives have a six-three uh, super majority. I think all of the the, the, the dreadful scenario aspects that you just laid out will be mitigated by a very strong uh, conservative uh, court uh, that will balance uh, – that will provide the balance needed uh, to, to, uh, to blunt – some of the more radical propositions that I think are inevitable if a Democrat sweep into office as looks now uh, likely, Brian.
2: Well, could I wouldn't say likely. i say it could happen. But I would say this. The one thing about Donald Trump, he told you exactly what he wanted to do, and he, and he tried to do exactly that. I think Joe Biden, by keeping his mouth shut literally and never coming out almost entirely, he is not telling us, what America is going to look like under him. Just, hey, do I look like a socialist? I beat the socialist. That is vague. When asked, are you going to pack the court? He does not answer, nor does his running mate. I've never seen someone get away with that. That's incredible.
16: Well, I think that we we, we managed in New York after nine eleven. They delayed the mayoral election, if you remember. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, but we finally got it together. Bloomberg was ultimately uh, you know, the election was late, but they ultimately uh, there was the the normal transition at the at the appropriate time. Uh, this is nothing like that, uh, but this is a this is a, a complication uh, to the election uh, timetable. But I think that everything will go along as it always has. We're very resilient people we're very uh uh flexible uh we adjust uh, we get used to stuff uh you know as long as uh, uh even if the if he, god forbid he's uh, he's ill we have a, a strong vice president uh who under the twenty fifth amendment is, is right, he's right there you got uh you got your backup quarterback ready to go into the game he's not a rookie he's been around uh you know so uh uh, you know, I, I don't think it'll come to that. I don't think the president's going to get right. very sick at all. Uh, that's where I'm hoping that uh, his, his zest uh, and his vivacity, uh, vivacity will uh, will triumph. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, let's just be uh, ready for the worst. Probably. Go get him,
2: Haraldo. Thanks so much. OK, brother. Thank you. All 866 uh, Bottom of the hour, we're going out to Illinois Congressman Adam Kinzinger. Get his take on this, what it means for his party's fortunes. And of course, I want to hear from you next. I see up there. 1-866-408-7669. Get on board or write me on uh, BrianKilme.com. Just hit on uh, contact and it'll pop up in my email. Don't move.
1: This is the Brian
10: Kilmeade Show. Get this and all your favorite Fox News podcasts ad-free on Apple Podcasts with Fox News Podcasts Plus. Just go to foxnewspodcasts.com for all the details.
1: He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian
3: Kilmeade. This is not a
1: crisis now.
3: There, There is no evidence that
17: the president is incapable of performing his duties as he's been doing them. But if he gets sicker, like Boris Johnson, um, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, who was in intensive care for a while, there is a um,
3: constitutional provision that allows him to temporarily transfer his authority to
9: the vice president.
2: Uh, and that was uh, CNN uh, Jeffrey Tubin speculating on what would happen if the president can't do his job. But right now the symptoms are mild. You heard him last night with Sean Hannity. Talk about Hope Hicks. He seemed fine. They say, according to Maggie Haberman, he was sluggish at a event in New Jersey yesterday. But now they're speculating about passage of power, which is fine. They just want to go over the Constitution. That would be uh, to Mike Pence, temporarily, 25th Amendment. For example, if the president goes in and has surgery, even— Even if it's a procedure, and he has to take any type of uh, um, any type of sedative, they will actually transfer power. I remember when Ronald Reagan did; they transferred power when he went in and had his uh, his um, polyps. They transferred power temporarily to Bush 41. Do you remember when Reagan was shot? They transferred power, and famously, Alexander Haig says, I'm in charge now. President uh, Bush, future President Bush, then vice president, would take over. But that's if the president can't do his job. There's no indication as he can't, and and word is that he's going to be speaking soon. Uh, Gene is uh, listening in Massapequa, Long Island. Hey, Gene.
17: Hi. I have a message for the president of the United States. His next words are going to be listened to globally. So the message is also for the head of the RNC. Come up with three do's and three don'ts for COVID and come out with a brand-new plan to win over these undecideds. He's already got people on the right and left that have already chosen who they're going to vote for. But let's get these undecideds. Come out and tell us exactly what he's going to do for our 401Ks. And then the third thing is to protect the people of the United States. But, number one, he has to come out with a three-points program of do's and don'ts. And he'll combat, he'll knock this right out of the park. Do it because everybody's going to listen to his next words globally. So he's got one shot at this where even the other even the other stations are going to have to broadcast. So that's my suggestion to the president.
2: Thanks so much. Rob, KRMG in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Rob.
17: Oh
3: yeah, I was just wanting to chime in on this uh, idea of packing the Supreme Court. Uh Yeah. This is not a new idea. This this happened or it was attempted back in the Roosevelt administration. I know. And
2: was it a good idea then?
3: Oh, oh no, it was a terrible idea then, but at that time the Democrats and the Republicans joined together to vote it down. And so I'm wondering, so that's what's different now is will the Democrats have enough sense to realize that that's not the way you do it. Rob, well, I, not, think it, I think the, all
2: they need is a simple majority, depending how, if they do get the majority, how many seats. Joe Manchin said, we speculated with him on Monday, he said, no, that, I don't think that would be a good idea. But he didn't say, I will never, ever, ever sign on to that. And you heard Schumer say, I didn't get this job to do little things. If I become a majority leader, I'm going to do big things. And that's getting rid of the filibuster. And they're using it as an excuse to affect the fact that Supreme Court justice is being jammed down their throats, they claim. The people of, the, of America should know that they're voting for titanic tidal wave change. And that might be okay, but at least be honest and say what you're going to do. Schumer's saying it. Biden actually ducks away from it, which should not be allowed. And hopefully he'll be called out on that soon to his former intern, by his former intern, Steve Scully, who uh, will be moderating the next debate. I'm not kidding.
1: Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Mm. Information you want, truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
15: His doctors may release him after about 10 days, so they would want him to be symptom free for a few days and then for 10 days quarantine after he tests positive. That may be a possibility for him. Now, if he starts to show symptoms, hopefully that's not the case. I hope him and our first lady do not show symptoms and they continue to be asymptomatic. But if he starts showing symptoms, then he would need to be symptom-free for several days, 10 days after testing
2: positive. And they used to say flat out 14 days. We're talking about the president of the United States testing positive. Dr. Jeanette Neshwad on Fox and Friends uh, doing what she knew uh, from what she knew of the president's condition. That's what she uh, surmised. Meanwhile, Mark Meadows has just spoken with reporters. He is the chief of staff for the president of the United States. And that tape is about to come out. John Roberts said why in um, in Washington. And uh, he is uh, probably going to be rolling that tape shortly. The good news is the vice president and wife have tested negative for a COVID-19 virus, as has Steve Mnuchin, as has Barron Trump. Melania, not as lucky. But we do not know anything about her symptoms. We know Hope Hicks has uh, just a little achy and a little tired, but sounds like typical mild symptoms, thankfully. Uh, joining us now is uh, Congressman Adam Kinzinger of Illinois. Congressman, what a day.
13: What a day. It's always, you know, you wake up, it's always something different. And, uh, you know, we just uh, my wife and I send our prayers out to the president, and the first lady and, you know, and anybody that's been affected by this or will be affected.
2: So here's the president last night talking with Sean and confirming that Hope Hicks tested positive before he got his test back. Let's listen. Cut one.
6: She tested positive. She's a hard worker, a lot of masks. She wears masks a lot, but she tested positive. And I just went out with a test. I'll see what, you know, because we spent a lot of time, and the First Lady just went out with a test also. So whether we quarantine or whether we have it, I, I don't know. You know, it's very hard. When you're with soldiers, when you're with uh, airmen, when you're with uh, the Marines, and uh, I'm with and the police officers, I'm with them so much. And when they come over to you, it's very hard to say, stay back, stay back. You know, it's, it's a tough kind of a situation. It's a terrible thing. So— uh, I just went for a test and we'll see what happens. I mean, who knows, but you know, hope very well. She's fantastic and she's done a great job. So,
2: you know, the thing is those rapid tests, you get him right there when he says, I'm going for a test. Maybe it shows that they were real worried because he was in direct contact.
13: Yeah. I was kind of wondering if maybe the rapid test said he was positive And then they went with the uh, the longer test. It's, it's rapid, but it's like an hour. I've had to take it twice. And, uh, um, you get the results back in about an hour, and I was kind of wondering if that was the intervening time because, you know, I, I think he'd have been quick to – I mean, I'm just speculating, but I think he'd have been quick to, to say he didn't have it, um, you know, and I think, frankly, probably over the rest of the morning we're going to kind of find out this trail of, of who spoke to him, who talked to him, who was around, you know, we'll we obviously see the RNC chair has it, and uh, so I think, uh, you know, we're not done making news for the day, unfortunately.
2: I know. Uh, so, Congressman, think about this. The, also, the RNC chair, Ronald McDaniel, test positive, And then you have the president. They're both great architects of the Republican Party. How does that affect everybody like you down ballot?
13: Well, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, it, it's, there's a number of things that I think could come of this. Obviously, you know, the Democrats are going to play up, saying that the president downplayed the virus. Uh, I think on the one hand, it may stand to humanize him as well. I think, you know, kind of too many people thought of him as not human. And uh, and it may do that. It'll be hard to see what that comes down to. But I think, you know, all in all, no matter all the news that happens and all the big events, I think it's put, you know, COVID and the pandemic basically right in the front burner of uh, all the issues. And unfortunately, and I think this is wrong, unfortunately, it's not working well for the Republicans. But, uh, you know, if you look at all that we've done and you look at, you know, Pelosi playing politics with relief, it really should be working for us. But uh, unfortunately, in the polling, it's not. But we can turn that around.
2: Uh, yeah, I guess so far. Well, I guess we we will uh, see what happens in Illinois. Is there a sense that maybe Democratic leadership is not leading you to the promised land?
13: Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, it's funny because you get hit sometimes, like in a political debate, where they say, "Well, you know, the unemployment in your district is higher than the national average," and I'm like, "Well, yeah, because you know, the nation gets to do all the laws; we get to put, you know put in, into effect here in." The federal government, but the state of Illinois has their own laws, too, and it's led to a lot of jobs leaving to Indiana, and when it comes to the to the virus, I mean, look, I've, I, I'm talking to doctors in my district all the time, and, and they've locked down the northern region of my district again, and uh, I've talked to doctors and said, look, yeah, there's a, a surge in people that come in with the virus, but they're very mildly symptomatic, and there's no concern uh, in our hospitals yet of running out of capacity, and you know that 's the whole thing is the virus and again it 's worth reminding people we don 't do these lockdowns to get rid of the virus you 're not going to get rid of it. I hate to tell you um, but what you do it is to control the surge if you 're going to run out of bed capacity, and as of yet we haven 't so you know I think a lot of the idea of lockdown or don 't lockdown, frankly on both sides uh, has has really just become political. Uh, On everybody. And we just need to step back, obey the science, understand the economic impact and do the right thing. And I think it's probably somewhere in the middle of what you're seeing out there.
2: Uh, Yeah, quite quite possibly. The other thing, Congressman, that I just want to emphasize is that when the American people take a look at your party and the Democratic Party and say, well, whoever wins, this will be a cycle for two or four years. okay, fine. They should know that things are going to change in a big way. When you're going to add two justices to the Supreme Court, they basically said that, get rid of the filibuster. So all your legislation, your version, the Biden New Green Deal will be implemented. And where's the money going to come from as you add two more states to lock in your advantage in the Senate in Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C.? Where's the money going to come from to finance these uh, these uh, green projects? They're going to come from defense. And at a time in which Russia is coming back to military prominence, and China is desperately trying to overtake us, it's going to be hard to stop the stripping and hollowing out of our military. As a guy that's still in the National Guard, does that bother you? And should Are people? We, am I overstating it?
13: No, it's huge because. It will come from the military to come from more taxes. And if you think about what the military, look at the last 10 years when we had sequester, what uh, President Obama did to our military. And that's the reason now when we look at the Asian Pacific and we realize that if we get in a shooting war with China, very likely they could defeat us in the short term in the region. You know, we would win in the long haul. But um, that's because over the last 10 years we haven't developed the hypersonics we need, the AI we need, the space-based assets we need. And uh, and that's because of a lack of investment. So anybody, by the way, and it happens a lot in our party, that says, "Well, we spend more than the next bajillion countries or whatever combined." Uh, I, what I encourage is to look at the details. So a third of what we spend our military budget on is personnel cost. Right? We'd like to pay our military well, and we should. And every time you you know people say, "Well, we need to give a you know a high pay raise to our soldiers," that's great. But you can't do that and then cut the top line because what that is is not only that pay increase now but also the money you know, from inflation and everything else is what you're taking away from advancements in future technology in the body armor in 10 years, the you know, army yeah. fighting vehicle in 10 years, space assets, all that kind of stuff.
2: So, uh, Tom, Adam Kinzinger, uh, Congressman, the thing before you now, and I imagine things changed just a little bit more of an urgency. The economy added 660,000 jobs. Uh, They expected more. Uh, Unemployment dropped to 7.9%. You know, jobless claims were up 840,000 jobs. That's the third straight week in which 800,000 plus. So you look at that and then you realize a rescue package is going to be necessary. And it looks as though the House passed, you guys passed, and not with your vote, but over a $2 trillion package. What do you think should happen in terms of a rescue package for you?
13: Well, I think we need to be— Calm and do the right thing. And these negotiations need to continue. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi needs to come off for thinking about 30 days and the impact of the election. And we can get this done. But in the same token, let's remember that every dollar we're spending is not going to be paid back by us. I was thinking last night as I was falling asleep, you know, you have those thoughts. I'm like, if we zeroed out the U.S. military for the next 30 years, we would only be able to pay back maybe half of the national debt, if you think about that. And uh, and so you get a, a, a scale of how big it is. And so let's do what needs to be done. If it's another payment, if it, definitely the payroll protection program, these kinds of things. But what the Democrats are doing are rushing to spend money to win elections. And that has an impact far. that's so far reaching. And, you know, again, The second time, this is the second time Nancy Pelosi has passed a bill like this on the floor without ever reaching out to Republicans, without Republican votes, and in fact losing some Democrats. And uh, she's more interested in the politics of it. So I hope something gets done. I also say let's not just rush it for an election. Let's do it the right way. I think we can do that. But if it doesn't by the election, I'm sure it will after.
11: We had a bigger bill, 3.4. The other side said, "Well." We're not going there. So we came down a trillion dollars. No, not yet. We came down another 200 billion dollars. So this is a really important. Legend. So one bill is not as good as another. Uh, why not take something instead of nothing? Why should that be the standard for America's children?
2: I'm not sure. She always throws this children thing in as if I know. we are children. But uh, what what she's saying, too, is she has a lot of categories that aren't necessary in this necessary rescue bill.
13: Absolutely. I mean, the the level of stuff that this goes into cutting energy, defunding the police. I mean, they take they in the first rescue package, they had, I think, six hundred million dollars for police. Well, what's happened since then, of course, all the defunding police movement. So they take that out of this package and, and many other just bad pieces of legislation. So. Yeah, it's great that she came off the top dollar, but uh, it's got to be the right program. That's the whole issue. And, you know, the other big thing is, you know, protection for small businesses from frivolous lawsuits. And, uh, you know, and and if somebody's negligent, of course, you know, you can have a right to sue. But if somebody just wants to make a payday and you see these lawyers on TV now, you know, do you suspect that you might have gotten COVID somehow related to work? Give me a call. We'll get you a bunch of money. That's going to shut down small business more than anything we do or don't do out here.
2: Uh, Congressman, thanks so much. Let's see if we can get something done. Do you predict there'll be something done, especially in light of these numbers and the president's positive test and the market dropping? Well, now just 244. It was dropped as many as 500. But go ahead.
13: Well, well, look, everything changes every day. Today, I'm going to predict that, no, it's not going to get done until after the election. But hopefully that changes.
2: All right, Congressman Adam Kinzinger, thanks so much. You bet. See you. Mark Meadows is right now just speaking to the press. We're going to bring back some of his comments, the chief of staff, talking about the president's condition, what the president plans on doing today, and he's uh, doing the best he can to take do what the president does, take all questions from all comers. He's doing it right now. We'll bring it back to you right here on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Don't move.
10: It's Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of the Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
1: From his mouth to, to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade.
5: All of you know the uh, the president and the first lady tested positive uh, for COVID-19. Uh, they remain in good spirits. Uh, uh, the president does have mild symptoms. And as, uh, as we look to try to uh, make sure that not only his health and safety and welfare is good, we continue to look at that for all of the American people.
2: And that's a little of Mark Meadows. He had some additional remarks. We're, we're still taking him in. But he came out just to say, hey, listen, everybody calm down. He's going to be fine. He has mild symptoms. He can't say asymptomatic. Mild symptoms, experiencing mild symptoms, different than asymptomatic. Uh, but I asked uh, I asked uh, Dr. Oz, usually, I mean, Dr. Nicole Sapphire said, if you start with mild symptoms, does it usually stay that way? And for the most part, she said, yes, usually do stay that way. So uh, there you go. And hopefully that continues. And when the, those symptoms go away, the president has two negative tests. He'll be back out on the stump. Melania, no word on her condition. Uh, younger, obviously, uh, doesn't have the weight issues the president has. Uh, in looks in fantastic shape. Hope Hicks looks in fantastic shape. Uh, I think that plays into it. Also, considerably younger. I think she's not even forty yet. That matters. And I think it outlines the the age in which you are, and the challenge in which you have if you get this virus. And I have not gotten a consistent answer from medical professionals, all of which I respect, on why is it that some people get a mild version of it? Is it who they get it from or is it something about their DNA? Uh, Let's go out to—and by the way, just some notes. um, Kamala Harris got tested. She's negative, thankfully, RNC chairperson. Uh, Ronna McDaniel tested positive. She tested positive on Wednesday. We're just hearing about it. Now it seems—those are early reports— Uh, Let's go out to Diane in Pittsburgh. Diane.
8: Hello, yes. I called in because uh, after thinking about this, I've Started to think about the fireside chats that Roosevelt had. Of course, I wasn't around for that, but uh, it seems like something like that would be a really good idea for the president while he's in quarantine with the first lady, if their health warrants that they could do something like that. I think it would show a different, softer side of him. I know I'm a suburban housewife. I guess I would be classified as that. And so many people that I know they cannot look past his personality, the rough edges of his personality, to see the poli- policies that he's enacted. They just can't see past it. I know. And I really feel that, that something like that could help, have a more personal tone with people. So that was something that I just wanted to throw out there. Thank you. Because it came to
2: mind. Appreciate it, Diane. Over in very valuable city for the, for the, for the presidency, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and the state that really could make or break this entire election. Uh, We'll see who resonates more. The president planned on a lot of appearances there in the final 30 days. If things go well, he'll only have 15 days to uh, hit so many battleground states. But I think it would send a good message. The president of the United States still functioning while dealing with the virus responsibly. Um, Robert O'Brien, same thing, tested positive. He said, I kept working from home. I went back when I had two negative tests. Here's more from Mark Meadows, who just spoke to the press.
5: We've uh, talked a a number of times this morning. I got the... uh five or six things that he had tasked me to do like I do every single morning, and uh, uh, he, he uh, is certainly wanting to make sure that we stay engaged. I think uh, the other thing that is, is critically important, uh, the, the doctors continue to uh, monitor both his health and the health of the first lady. Yeah, and
2: uh, she's, he said a little bit more. Uh, it was a somewhat of a lengthy press conference, didn't take a lot of
5: questions the American people uh, can rest assured that uh, we have a president that uh, is not only on the job, will remain on the job, and uh, I'm optimistic that uh, he'll have a very quick and speedy recovery.
2: Uh, I know. Mark Meadows is used to uh, having 25 things for him to do before he even gets to work and to find out the president of the United States has the virus. And according to Maggie Haberman in The New York Times, when he did his New Jersey event, he felt a little bit sluggish. And then when he did Sean Hannity's show that night, last night, I mean, a few hours ago, I guess, uh, you know, uh, was it 14 hours ago? Sounded fine. In fact, he sounded really upbeat. Uh, Eric, listen on WDBO. Eric.
6: Hey, Brian. I uh, I fear that this is going to be the goose that laid the golden eggs for the Democrats. Now that Trump has tested positive, here's what they need to cancel all the future debates, because Joe Biden is older than Trump, and – while he may be lighter, I don't know if he's as healthy, and they could probably just use this as the avenue to say we think the president and the vice president need to stay away from each other in everybody's safety. Possibly,
2: uh, Eric, I could see it. I mean, I could see it. Let's just uh, let's watch it. Let's stay stay apart. Uh, you know, the second debate would be interesting. Uh, I like to see another debate. Obviously, both made Titanic mistakes. President fixed one last night. We said I, I categorically condemn the KKK and the Proud Boys and all these extremist groups and white supremacist groups. So he got past that it was trending number one until he became trending number one for a different reason. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. I appreciate you watching uh, and listening. You can always watch us on Fox Nation. And if you ever miss us live, go to radio.com. You can download us wherever you are in the country. If you have to leave your local affiliate.
10: Fox Nation presents Podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak.
15: I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts.
1: Live from the Fox News radio studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice. Brian me! Thanks so much for
2: listening, everybody. It's one of these days that we're never going to forget. The President of the United States, about 1.30 in the morning, tweeted out that he has tested positive along with the First Lady for the coronavirus, as does Hope Hicks, his key aide, and maybe one of the most valuable advisors he's ever had. Uh, she tested positive, uh, started feeling some symptoms on Wednesday, and tested positive. So that's the big news this hour. Larry Kudlow will be joining us, Shannon Bream and Will Kane, the newest entry into Fox News, uh, extremely talented Fox & Friends weekend for now, but he'll be everywhere on this channel. So let's get to the Big Three.
1: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
9: Number three. What the speaker did is throw everything you could imagine into the package, including tax cuts for rich people in California and New York and free health care for illegal immigrants. That sort of thing is not appropriate.
11: One bill is not as good as another. Why not take something instead of nothing?
2: Well, that is uh, the Speaker and Mitch McConnell talking about getting together with the White House and some type of rescue package as we add 660,000 jobs. Sounds like a lot, but we wanted 800. That was the projection. Unemployment drops to 7.9, and we have jobless claims of 830,000. It looks like America needs some help, and I agree. Can we get something done? I
5: say yes. Number two. Perceptions of too much talking at the wrong time are at the root of some changes being considered by the Commission on Presidential Debates. That group is said to be thinking about giving the moderator a mute button. The president is insisting that polls show he won the debate and the system is just fine.
2: Debate and campaign. Look at the aftermath of debate number one, the changes and chances of a debate two, as we are set to take in the VP Give and Take on Tuesday with all this drama in between.
6: Number
9: one. This is a jarring headline: the President of the United States, Donald Trump, the most powerful man in the world, and the First Lady, both testing positive for the coronavirus.
2: There you go. Uh, what do you say to that? That is uh, Peter Alexander of another network. President Trump, the First Lady, in Hope Hicks test positive for the virus. As does Ron McDaniel, Chairman of the RNC. The President has mild, and they say mild symptoms as of right now. Uh, we hope that doesn't change. Uh, they say, too, the President of the United States will be sidelined for up to 14 days, but doesn't mean he's not going to be working. just means he won't be public. What does it all mean for the economy, the election, the country? Man, those are three important questions. And I'll take your calls on that, too. It's going to be a busy hour. Larry Kudlow in 10 minutes on the economics, Shannon Bream on the political ramifications, and Will Kane along with that. But I'll weave in some calls in between. So when we get this word. Uh, Last night, we already heard he heard the president of the United States and he sounded fine on the phone with Sean Hannity. First time he's doing a lengthy interview since the debates. Reportedly is. He felt he did great during the debates. His staff didn't. Many of you didn't. Uh, Many of you saw Joe Biden got a pass. I do do think so. Called the president a clown. He called him uh, a racist. He said he was the worst president ever and some other things and really wasn't called out for it. And he says he wasn't going to do that. He did it but all the, he had a very classy response to him and Jill gave positive uh, a statement out about the president and his health as is the speaker of the house but about the president and his condition the chief of staff uh mark Meadows, just came out and met with the press here's a little of that
5: all of you know the uh the president and the first lady tested positive uh for covid-19 uh they remain in good spirits uh uh, the president does have mild symptoms, and as, uh, as we look to try to uh, make sure that not only his health and safety and welfare is good, we continue to look at that for all of the American people.
2: So, by the way, just to update you, the First Lady, we have not gotten any word on her condition, but she just tweeted this out. Uh, Thank you for the love you are sending our way. I have mild symptoms, but overall feeling good. I'm looking forward to a speedy recovery. And that's key. Got to be healthy, that helps. Got to get to it quick, get it diagnosed quick, that helps. And then you got to quarantine. And that's what that's basically what we know still 8 months later. If it's bad There are some remedies out there. They talk about some steroid cocktail. They always talk about remdesivir. Some still say hydroxychloroquine. Uh, We had Dr. Kanta Ahmed, who came on with us this morning from NYU Langone, said, if the president was my patient, from what we know, I give him remdesivir. I get him some plasma. There's no doubt about it. Extremely important guy. We got to make sure that he is back on his feet quickly. I would say that for any head of state. Now, Dr. Siegel didn't feel that way. But the president's gonna get he's gonna do what he wants to do by with the uh medical guidance. Mitch McConnell said he just talked to the president and he said the president gave him a bunch of things that he wants to get done. So you know the president, he doesn't slow down, even his greatest critic for four and a half years, and I still hold to this. We have seen the president on average five or six days a week for the last four years. Five, maybe five. I don't even know he when he had a cold. I haven't he hasn't had laryngitis. I don't even remember. The fact that I can't think—you have to think hard—is pretty amazing. So the guys, the guys, uh, healthy is he overweight? Absolutely, and is that a bad mix? Yeah, absolutely. So where they go for here politically when you have two of the main architects—the RNC chair and the president—on the sideline, that just means they won't be there in person. If it's like so many with asymptomatic, who's basically asymptomatic, or mild symptoms. They're really back functioning in two or three days. The president's got to relax and not go back too quick. But in this age of, um, of uh, telecommuting and telemedicine and uh, being able to communicate through Zoom, you can have your fundraisers. People will step up who are going to be on your side that maybe were sitting on the sideline. A lot of people are saying, hey, the president's been laid back about this. He has not been wearing a mask. He does too many events. And maybe he got what's coming to him. That's really what some were saying today. Cut seven.
0: He is not able to fully perform his, his duties as commander-in-chief. The president of the United States may be super spreader number one at this juncture.
5: This president, who has been outwardly and publicly from the start, can fairly be called a COVID-19 denier, uh, did his best publicly to diminish the threat. Carl, in large part, uh, it's his own dere- dereliction is um, partly to blame for this.
2: Know what it is. And I'm telling you right now, we get it here and we have to do it as a major international news organization. It's got to limit travel. So immediately they said a producers don't have to travel if you don't have to do these long form features for Fox Nation or anything. They don't want you traveling. And if you do, you got to get a test before you come back. Can you imagine the president of the United States? Let me see. I'm trailing in the polls. I have a bunch of people that want to see me in person. Last time I was able to get a rally together and able to rally people around and win the presidency. So he's out there, and he's also for people being responsible for themselves, and he keeps his social distance. He's got his protocols around him. He certainly has safety mechanisms and the best medical professionals, and he goes out, and for the most part, people behind him all wear masks, and the people in front of him, either distant or don't, uh, either wear masks or not. But he goes in the open air, and he started doing them. If you look at all the interaction the president's had with the people who visit, with the people getting awards, with the nominations and everything going on, Uh, all his staffers, logic tells you after nine months, at some point you're going to test positive, even with the best protocols. But he's the type of president, he's not a big hugger. You know, Joe Biden evidently is is a big hugger type guy. We've seen some of the footage. Chris Christie, who was with the president, along with Rudy Giuliani, helping with the debates. Cut three.
12: I was uh, at the White House um, from Saturday afternoon through uh, lunchtime on Tuesday uh, on and off during those days I was tested every day then I went to the White House um, the last test I took was on Tuesday morning and I was negative negative. Uh, and we um, uh, you know are now gonna I'm gonna go and get a test uh, this morning um, to see if that status has changed I feel fine I don't feel any symptoms um, at this time um, and uh, I obviously you I know, hope it remains that way.
2: yeah, obviously too and, and we, even though he's, a, he's a, a very vigorous guy and he's got a ton of energy. Chris Christie's somebody who would be susceptible. He's a lot younger than the president, 58 years old, but you, with the weight issue that makes you more susceptible. Uh, John McLaughlin, who's a key member of the, uh, the Trump reelect Trump team, was on with Laura Ingram last night. This was before uh, this was before the diagnosis. Of the president testing positive of the coronavirus, I also like to tell you Steve Mnuchin tested negative, as did the vice president. Cut six.
5: I saw the president this afternoon. He looked great, and before I saw him, I passed the test, so uh, so I I feel good about that. And uh, Mm -hmm. hope wasn't there; it was in Bedminster at an an event. But uh, the president looked great, and the president was very upbeat.
2: There you go. When we come back, Larry Kudlow will be joining us. If you don't know, we added 660,000 jobs. We're hoping for about 850. Market didn't love that, but the market's only down um, 171 points. The futures, when I got up this morning, headed into work at 4 a.m., the futures were down 470 points. So they're looking at the present. They're seeing that it's not a catastrophe. He does not have severe symptoms by almost all accounts, so they're feeling decent about it. And keep in mind, on Monday, the market dropped 500 points. And there was no there was no president with the coronavirus. So don't panic. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
1: Don't go anywhere. Brian Kilmeade will be right back. Living the Bream
10: is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. A talk show
1: that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
9: Well, what I put on the uh, Senate floor uh, three weeks ago was about a half a trillion dollars, narrowly targeted at exactly what the economy needs at this point. What the speaker did, even after coming down a full trillion dollars, is throw everything you could imagine into the package, including tax cuts for rich people in California and New York, and free health care for illegal immigrants. That sort of thing is not appropriate.
2: Uh, that is uh, the senator yesterday, late night, before we got the, the word about the president testing positive, along with the first lady uh, for the coronavirus, and for that matter, RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. So what does this mean for the rescue package? Uh, his good friend Larry Kudlow joins us now. So, uh, Larry, welcome back. I wish he was under uh, better circumstances. But first off, have you had a chance to talk to the president?
14: Uh, not today. I spoke to him last evening, um, but I, I didn't bother him today. I know Mark Meadows has been on the phone a couple of times, and the president is passing down tasks to all of us, so that's a good sign. Um, I myself tested again uh, earlier this morning before I went on the air, and I tested negative, so that's a blessing. Uh, I, get, I think it's my 86th negative test, Brian. So. We're praying for the president. We're praying for the first lady, and for my pal Ho Picks, and my pal Ronna McDaniel's. This stuff happens, but I think, uh, as Dr. Conley has said, we've got a lot of therapies that can be put into play here to uh, ease this. And um, uh, folks are saying the president's case is is rather light, so I hope that's true. Um,
2: I guess uh, no reason to believe it's it's not. Um, Mark Meadows came out and said that, so. Uh yesterday the the house passed a 2.2 trillion dollar rescue bill. Does that work?
14: No. It just doesn't work. It's actually 2.6 trillion when you uh add back some of the unused money and some very silly tax cuts that she's tried to put in there. Look at this thing, you know, first of all the negotiations will continue today. So that's a a good thing better to talk than not, but Brian, there's a few things, targeted things, that we want, and I think the Democrats agree. Uh, you got to extend the small business loans, the so-called payroll protection plan, PPP. Uh, you got to extend the unemployment assistance. you got to extend the airline assistance. And you should put in uh, – we asked for uh, – uh, $1.05 billion, as I recall, for school assistance, COVID-related school reopening assistance. I mean, these are essential items. The recovery doesn't depend on it, but it would help. All right? It would help a lot. And uh, you're in a position now where you know, you either get zero or $2.2 trillion. Or in our case, we're probably hovering around a trillion, maybe a little more. But you're going to go to zero if you can't make a compromise. You should make a compromise. Washington should show the country it can work. Targeted areas. Let's not have the entire Democratic ideology, Brian. Let's just go to where the country needs it the most.
2: And the areas in which you're contending that it it is not the greatest need is the post office, for example?
14: Well, yeah. Look, that should be separate legislation i mean we added some money last winter to the post office i think it was 10 billion dollars correct me if i'm wrong and they need another 10 billion or, or some such that's fine but i don't think that's urgent and i don't think uh that has much to do with with covid and you could do that in legislative separate. Look, you could extend the PPP and the unemployment assistance. You could do it by you know small bills if you wanted to, so you keep the targeting up. But we just can't seem to quite get there. We can't get them to say yes to some very obvious needs, and that's too bad.
2: So, do you think that there's a sense in talking to the Treasury Secretary about his meetings with the with uh, the Speaker? Do you get the sense that there's an urgency? You know the feeling, Larry, when people want to get things done and when they want to just sell things to their uh, political party. Do you get the sense that with the job numbers, 660,000 added, maybe 150,000 off what you were hoping, do you sense that now we could get something done?
14: Well, I don't know. The job numbers uh, were skewed because of... um 200,000 education decline. The seasonal adjustments are all wrong because kids didn't go back to school the way they normally do. Private jobs, I just want to. Put this out there because I think it's important. Private sector jobs were up 877,000, and that was consensus. And actually, there was a 40,000 upward revision from prior months, so it's actually 917,000 with a 7.9% unemployment rate. So, really, uh, I know some people are playing it negative like they always do, but the reality is it's very strong. You had huge car sales number come out today 16.3 million. We've doubled car sales in the last five months which is going to mean more production and um, better wages you know so I would just note that Uh, but 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 Steve Mnuchin is a good negotiator so is Mark Meadows Um, they're willing to talk they are willing to talk they are scheduled to talk to the speaker today I hope they do
2: Uh, the other thing that people are talking about a lot is what's going on with health care Larry it's not your job to draw up a health care plan but it would be interesting to see a counter to Obamacare, get rid of it all, or leave it all. What is your reaction to people say that you, your administration hasn't attacked health care?
14: Well, I just don't agree. I mean, NEC is involved very deeply in health care, and um, along with some other policymakers. Look, uh, the tax bill got rid of the uh, individual mandate, which took a lot of pressure off the cost structure and uh, provides more choice now we have passed a whole bunch of things i say passed we have executive orders on a whole bunch of areas um employer uh, employee reimbursement for example uh, association you know small business associations uh, health care we provided um, transparency in uh, pricing and, and no surprise pricing um, we're looking at other options uh, to reduce uh, drug prices so we really have a pretty good package now we're not going to create or propose some massive new insurance system we're not going to do it we don't want a a government takeover of health care under the guise of insurance. That's nothing but central planning, and we don't want that. We want lower premiums, lower drug prices, and and lower-cost packages. And that's been our position the whole time, more choice, uh, less expense. And we can do that. Uh, Now, the Supreme Court will make a ruling sometime uh, in November, I suppose, um, I, I'm not a legal expert. Different people have different opinions about that. Right. But we have a whole panoply of ideas. But uh, Democrats are going to go for government takeover. We know that. They are going to go for a government takeover. And that is, Brian, I that's mean— the,
2: That's what's at stake. Larry, unfortunately, you know the deal. Hard break here. Larry Cullo, uh, privileged to have you on. Thanks so much
10: from the fox news podcasts network download and listen to the untold story with martha mccallum the host of the story on fox news channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com
1: radio show like no other it's brian kilmeade
0: you are second in line for the presidency has the white house contacted you about the continuity of government
11: no, they haven't. But I, that is an ongoing, not with the White House, but with the uh, the military, quite frankly, in terms of the uh, uh, or some officials in the government. But that got, you know, let us just all pray for the president's health. Thank God the vice president has tested uh, uh, negatively and, and, and the second lady as well. Uh, so, again, uh, th- that continuity of government is always in place.
2: And that is the speaker on another network this morning. Kind of interesting. i uh, showed a lot of class, as did the Biden camp uh, to the state. I can't say that for anybody, for everybody. Uh, and Lindsey Graham just tweeted uh, out too. Uh, He said he spoke to the president this morning, and the president sounded really good. Shannon Bream joins us now. Shannon, extraordinary times. I say that to you almost every time I introduce you. But first, we think we're going to use you for your legal uh, analysis with with the opening of the Supreme Court justice seat. But first things first, what about Speaker Pelosi, the extraordinary statement? Do you understand the succession of power contacted by the military?
15: Listen, uh, there are always things we know in place for uh, any contingency involving the president, vice president things all operational and ready to go. There was talk last night that there were, you know, planes that were sent up, a military show of force. What, you know, how exactly does it work? We got to let our friends and our enemies know the president is fine, the government's functioning. Um, so, you know, there are going to be lots of uh, weird, uncomfortable discussions right now, because that's what you have to do in an uncomfortable, weird year like this.
2: Uh, Senator, uh, so far we know that Mark Meadows spoke with the president this morning. He so said he got his tasks. He met with the press a short time ago. Here's a clip.
5: We've uh, talked a, a number of times this morning. I got the uh, five or six things that he had tasked me to do like I do every single morning. And uh, uh, he, he uh, is certainly wanting to make sure that we stay engaged. I think uh, the other thing that is, is critically important... Uh, the, the doctors continue to, uh, monitor both his health and the health of the first lady.
2: So he, uh, talked to him. He's fine. You heard him last night. You might've heard him last night with Sean Hannity. So I think it's the chief of staff is trying to keep everyone calm. You think he's effective?
15: Yeah, I mean, I think that he has to go out there. You know him. He's like a very cheerful, optimistic kind of upbeat guy. Uh, I think when people hear he's negative, the vice president's negative, the cabinet members are coming back negative. I think that's all reassuring. And he said, listen, we're going to keep giving these updates. Um, But we've seen both the president and first lady apparently now have mild symptoms. They're going to be the most monitored people on the planet. Um, and they're going to have every option available to them. But, uh, yeah, I think you're going to see more of Mark Meadows as long as he continues to test negative. They're going to have to have a forward-facing person out there addressing the press and and answering all these questions. So uh, I think uh, you're going to see more of him. It's going to be interesting to me to see how the president handles this. You and I know, and America knows, this is not a guy who likes to sit around. He's not in bed in his PJs right now. I guarantee you that. (sighs) Um, But it's got to be frustrating for him this close to the campaign To kind of be on lockdown. Um, And so, you know, we've seen the former vice president, Mr. Biden, do a lot of stuff from home. For him, it's worked in the polling. Um, This is, you know, just these are unique circumstances. I'm I'm wondering what the president will do, because I have a feeling he's going to want the American people to see him, even if he is just doing things um, from the comforts of the White House.
2: Uh, Lindsey Graham tweeted this out. Uh, he said, Like most Americans, I'm wishing President Trump and a speedy recovery. The president was in good spirits this morning when I spoke with him and very engaged in the upcoming hearing regarding Supreme Court nominee Judge Amy Barrett. He went on to say, I'm disgusted by those wishing ill with the president and the first lady. It's truly shameful. Last tweet, President Woodrow Wilson caught the Spanish flu in 1919. I doubt the people of his time wished him ill. Stay strong, Mr. President and first lady. So... Uh, you knew it was going to yeah, happen. Uh,
15: listen, right? I I don't know if people didn't wish him not well during the Spanish flu 100 years ago. I mean, we have to remember, as vitriolic as things feel right now, we've had these moments in our country before. We have. Um, there's a very interesting book by um, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg. Um, Who It's called Implosion. It came out several years ago, and it talked about all these inflection points in the country where things have seemed so awful. Everybody has hated each other. I mean, our country was almost destroyed and split permanently over the Civil War. And there have been other um, lesser times, but also really horrible for the country and really difficult to see how we come through it. So I don't know that there wasn't some uh, bad wishing (laughs) during the Spanish flu. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it feels vitriolic now because we have these computers and phones where people can, you know, either anonymously or put their name and face on it, just go out there and do whatever they feel like saying at any given moment.
2: Amy Conan Barrett, you heard her nomination is going to go forward. People are calling for that to be delayed now, being that the president has got the COVID-19 virus. That's not going to happen. But I'll tell you what else is not going to happen. Joe Biden's not going to answer the question that if she passes, he will pack the court. Listen to this.
12: You dodged Chris Wallace's question on that last night about packing the court. So let me ask you, do you support the idea of packing the court?
3: I'm not dodging the question. What I'm doing is staying focused, you know, and I'm not being critical of you at all. I've given my word. But if I answer the question, no matter which way I answer it, then that becomes the headline tomorrow. That becomes the headline for the next three years. The presidential nominee says he's going to or not going to do the following. Several million people have already voted. I'm going to stay focused on that.
2: Do you buy that circuitous, tortured explanation of why you don't answer a question that means so much?
15: Uh, I don't. I think that either uh, candidate who's running for the presidency has to be willing to answer all kinds of questions. And I was pressing, you know, one of our Democrat guests on this the other night, and he kept saying, well, you can't answer hypotheticals. I'm like, that's what debates are. (laughs) I mean, you don't know what's going to happen if someone's going to, you know, start a war or, you know, we're going to have a pandemic that nobody knew was coming. I mean, or the markets crash, whatever. You do have to answer hypothetical questions about what you would do as president, And I find it as many times as the president has asked and answered the question about will he disavow white supremacists, and I think it was important that he, again, was out there talking specifically about the Proud Boys. Um, I think that as many times as he's answered the question, and we've seen from 2016 on, all the times in in the compilation of him being asking and him answering it, if we can demand that of the president, and we should, like, let's be clear on that, I think that we should be able to ask uh, Joe Biden whether he's going to pack the Supreme Court. Because yes. during the primary season, he said it was a bad idea.
2: And add Puerto Rico in Washington, D.C. as a state because right. Senator Schumer just said it. What is he afraid of stealing the headlines? And just to answer your question, because Will Cain's coming up next uh, and he just got here. But just to answer your question about white supremacists which is one of the easiest questions you could be asked, is like, is evil bad? Uh, cut 19.
6: Let me be clear again. I condemn the KKK. I condemn all white supremacists. I condemn the Proud Boys. I don't know much about the Proud Boys, almost nothing, but I condemn that. But he should condemn also Antifa. Antifa is a horrible group of people. They kill people. They What they do to people, and they're causing insurrection they're causing riots he doesn't want to do that but the press doesn't go after him and that's a really bad group of people but i condemn them and if i can if i say it a hundred if i say it a hundred times it won't be enough because it's fake news
2: so that is done i mean he could have saved himself two days i'm not sure why he didn't Mm -hmm. but now i think that would have been the major story had his health not been the major story final thought janet
15: yeah, well, yeah, I just my my thing is, as many times as he's been pressed on that question, there's so many things that if, if you know, mainstream media would press Joe Biden, I, if they had the same vigor and the same determination to get an answer from him on things like packing it court, I think people would be a little less skeptical about where the media stands.
2: Shannon Breen, we're going to watch you tonight, man, probably watch you in between, too. Uh, you're not going to get much rest, but we love seeing you on television. Shannon, thank you. See you soon. All right. Will Kane coming up next and we'll finish up this hour. Uh, this is the Brian Kilmeade
1: show. It's Brian Kilmeade. The more you listen, the more you'll know it's Brian Kilmeade.
5: All of you know, the, uh, the president, and the first lady tested positive, uh, for COVID-19. Uh, they remain in good spirits. Uh, uh, the president does have mild symptoms and as, uh, as we look to try to uh, make sure that not only his health and safety and welfare is good, we continue to look at that for all of the American people.
2: And that is Mark Meadows, who smartly came out and met with the press about 45 minutes ago. Will Kane joins us now, Fox & Friends Weekend, uh, the latest superstar acquisition by Fox News to come over here. And, uh, Will, you left the world of sports back to news. And, man, did you pick a day to come in.
4: I sure did. And an era. In the right, At the right place, too. I mean, this is the only place I was going to leave sports to join. And by the way, since I left sports, it's only become more political, more news-oriented. Oh, yeah. So if, if I'm going to talk politics and news, I want to do it at Fox.
2: Uh, there you go. So Mark Meadows came out and tried to settle everyone down. You think he was effective?
4: I don't know if he's effective. Here's the thing, Brian. The responsibility of us as— public speakers and journalists. And I think the responsibility of everybody listening is to constantly surround ourselves with the truths and the fact facts. Don't let this moment, don't let the fact that the president got coronavirus move us towards a fear-driven approach to this virus. It's, the, the, the bottom line is it was always a contagious disease. We were never gonna be able to reduce infections to 0%. And the fact that the leader of the free world had to balance risks against responsibilities only shows how contagious this disease is.
2: We just got word uh, Senator Mike Lee has tested positive. Man. So, uh, of Utah. I am not sure if he's been in contact with the president, Pete. Do you know or Eric? So, we know this. Barron, negative, 14-year-old son of the president. We know Melania is positive, has mild symptoms. She hopes to get better uh, really quick. Uh, We know the president's got mild symptoms. We know that Senator Mnuchin, excuse me, Secretary of Treasury Mnuchin, has tested uh, negative. And we know that Ronna McDaniel has tested positive Wednesday. Wow. So the two leaders of the Republican Party, the president
4: and the RNC chair, uh, at least sidelined. Doesn't mean they're out of it, at least sidelined. That's an important distinction to make, though, because we can't talk about coronavirus as though all of a sudden it's a death sentence or that it's incapacitating. It's not. We know, all we know is the president tested positive and has showed some mild symptoms. Now, let's be humble about this. It could go any which direction. It could escalate. We have to take it seriously. For people in his age demo, 94.6% recover fully. 946 Every other age demo, 99.5 plus percent. So the president's not out of commission. I would doubt that Ronald McDaniel's out of commission. The country moves on. The campaigns move on. And we as individuals look at this and make the same risk calculation. I have responsibilities. I'm going to factor this, these risks into my daily choices just like the president did and like all of us do.
2: You know, look, you, you said you have a, a young family, 9 and 12 years old, right? Right. So you have to factor in they're going to school. There's, I've never seen something that hits every single person on the planet. Whether you don't have it or do have it, this is the only thing. I mean, nine eleven. I know a lot of people on the west coast go, you know, you guys in New York are obsessed with nine eleven. I'm saying, yeah, our country got hit. You weren't even in. You get over it. If you're in New York, you feel it. You're in Washington, you feel it. You know, you sense it in Pennsylvania. But you know, you don't feel it. You don't see it. You hear about it. But this is something where whether the restaurant you used to go to is no longer there, the league you weren't playing sports. My my daughter is not in soccer this fall. She plays club, but can't play. Uh, soccer in high school, too dangerous. No football in New York, but you can do it in Pennsylvania, right? You can go inside and go to a restaurant in but you can't in New York, even though our numbers are lower here. So there's no rules or regulation. we are all been affected by it.
4: This morning I was on Fox Business, and Stu Varney asked me, do you think now COVID becomes the number one election issue? And I said, no, I don't think it does. I think our response to COVID and our response to the president testing positive will be the number one Election issue because, as you point out, it touches everyone's life. And while we're humble and realistic about how many people it has killed, it has touched everyone else's lives And our response to it. See, so will shutdowns all right. of
2: that. The way I feel about it is, in life, things could come in your way you can't control. That's how you deal with it. Now, sometimes you lose your temper, you all do. Sometimes you act. Uh, with a different measured response. My feeling is, okay, we've had a chance to look at this thing for eight, nine months. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned the stats. Those are real. Those, you didn't make up those stats. Also know deaths in this country are down 16% over the last two weeks. Cases are up 8%. We're learning how to live with this while the experts come up with, a, uh, will come up with some type of um, a therapeutic as well as a vaccine. What are we supposed to do? Well, we can't shut also, it down
4: anymore. And, Brian, we're supposed to go back to the original goal. We've left the original goal, I guess. It it came from Dr. Fauci. It came from every policymaker. It was to bend the curve, not to stop the spread, because that's an impossibility. And even if it were possible, the cost of shutting everything down to get it to 0% transmission would be so much worse than the disease. Bend the curve. But if I look around right now, everyone's acting like we're at a 0% transmission goal. That's what we're trying to do. It's impossible. Every company, every government, every sports league, 0%. And that's why I say take this moment with the president. All it proved is... Zero percent is an impossibility. This is one of the most protected people on the planet who, by all accounts, was taking it seriously in terms of maintaining his social distance with those around him. And yet it could still get to him. And by the way, he had some serious responsibilities he had to hold. I mean, he's the leader of the free world. So this idea that all of a sudden we're operating under no one should ever, if we, anyone ever gets infected, we have failed. That's that's a ridiculous standard.
2: Well, please tell me the model, because Sweden had the model. The cases are going up the highest since June for them. But it, I like their model. Uh, put out the uh, help the vulnerable, leave them protected, go back to work. Uh, that's a unique model. Israel, one of the most disciplined societies in the world. This is the second lockdown they're having. Mm-hmm. People are losing their political uh, future. Benjamin Netanyahu has never been more unpopular, despite the peace agreements, because he's been unable, supposedly, it's a leader's job to protect everybody. We know that a 167% increase in the U.K. Boris Johnson, no one needs to tell him the seriousness of it. He almost died. Mm-hmm. Spain is about to lock down. Again, they fear... <laughs> And Italy's seeing a surge in cases. So please tell me the model that's effective. Japan,
4: perhaps. I think it's a balanced South
2: Korea, Taiwan, they have some things, but it's a different society. So
4: here's the target. Open up as far as we can to let our economies, our jobs, our lives operate as normal as possible because we need that while controlling the spread of the disease within the curve. You know who who's done a great job of it, I think, and who has, out there, the world will tell you he's done a terrible job, but is Ron DeSantis, is Florida. It's a constant balancing act, adjusting to opening up as much as we can while staying under the curve.
2: So, quick thing before we go. This is what I think could become good out of this. I don't love spending money we don't have. I get it. But through a fault of not of their own, the hospitality industry, the airline industry, anything involved in tourism, so many others have been flat on their backs. We're mm-hmm. not coming back. They need a rescue package. Mm-hmm. It looked grim. Wait till after the election. I get the sense after 3 days of meetings and after this news about the president, do you think his uh, feel his own you'll talk about it for 8 hours this weekend? There might be that emergency feeling, let's get this done now.
4: I hope so. I can't I can't believe there isn't one. I mean, as you pointed out, what is it 40,000 airline workers just got noticed they're being furloughed?
2: 28,000 Disney workers.
4: This is I mean, This is a time when the government has to step in to help people because it is the government that hurt people. These businesses are shut down by mandate. So, look, while... Anyone of a conservative leaning always wants to suggest less government spending and less government dependence. Let's recognize this moment is caused by government mandates. So you step in and you help people in their lives get through this mandate.
2: And the whole thing is about who gets it. Do you get – do you stop at that 600 number for supplemental insurance? Does it keep people from getting back in the workplace? Do you give postal workers money for the post office where the – the Republicans saying that's not an emergency. They have money in their coffers. So just to me, it's like anything else. Hammer it out. You're buying a house, you're going to negotiate. You're not mm-hmm. going to get everything you want. But I think now with the president not saying no, in fact, he was pushing Mitch McConnell to say yes. I think he's got to do something.
4: I, I like what you said. We do have to recognize the disincentive of the total unemployment check keeping people getting back into the workforce, I just think we have to come back. We're in an emergency situation. Help people out.
2: So glad you came in. Thanks, so man. glad you're here, Will. And Thanks. I look forward to having you in uh, every week until you, get to. To, until you stop taking my calls, which <laughs> happens a lot here. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, Will Kane, watch him this weekend from 6 in the morning till 10 Saturday and Sunday, Fox & Friends.
17: It's time to take the quiz. 5 questions, 5 minutes a day, 5 days a week.
15: Take the quiz every weekday at the
10: quiz.fox
7: and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course listen to the quiz at the quiz.fox.
10: Listen to the show ad free on Fox News Podcast Plus on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.